Hey friends, I'm Jenny Meyer, and you're listening to the Rooted Truth Podcast, where we look at the world through a biblical lens. We talk about real life, biblical truth, and how to walk with Jesus through it all. Be sure to follow me on social at Jenny Meyer and at The Rooted Truth. Also, be sure to subscribe to the members-only, all-exclusive episodes on The Rooted Truth Podcast by going to www.therootedtruth.com. Now let's get started. Before we dive into today's episode, I would love to invite you to our next study over at The Rooted Truth. Beginning Thursday, July 6th, we will be doing a deep dive into the book of Daniel. Each week for eight weeks, we will look at a section of the book and break it down, discuss, and see how it applies to our lives today. Daniel is an exciting book and linked to the end times, so I really hope that you will join us. If you can't join us live, don't worry. The replays are available for you. You also receive the full study for you to keep. You can print out, go through it, whatever you wish. There are a couple ways to join, either through the Rooted Truth Collective, which includes access to the app, or just for the study. So check it out at www.therootedtruth.com. You can also find the direct link in the description of this episode below. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am here today with my friend, Reagan Kramer. She is the host of the Revelations podcast. So many of you guys have heard her, you listen to her podcast, and I'm really excited to have her on today. We're going to be digging into a topic that's pretty, you know, some, some people would say it's controversial. Um, I don't think it is, but I'm excited today for our conversation, and I just pray that it blesses you guys who are listening. So, Reagan, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Jenny, it is such a pleasure. It has been just a gift uh, to meet you back in April. I mean, you were on my podcast in the fall, but then to be at your uh, retreat with um, Amy from Eyes on the Right and with Lori Remnant Rising and Dr. Laura Sanger, and just being able to be in a community of women uh, to share what God is doing has been uh, a beautiful thing. And it really has encouraged me to continue uh, my walk in the spirit to share with people what he's doing. Yeah, it was so great. I was so glad that you came to that retreat in April. Um, If you're listening, it was the spring retreat we did at the end of April, just a couple months ago, 2023 in Phoenix. And We just had an amazing time. I mean, God showed up, the Holy Spirit showed up and it was so cool to see how he was moving. And I mean, still Reagan, when you said like, Hey, I want to pray for you guys. Like you (laughs) saw like the tears just like totally flowed because right before that, like I literally like felt the Holy Spirit say, someone's going to pray for you. And lit like what a minute later you stood up and said that. And so it was just such a cool time. Um, yes. Like you said, a fellowship and being together. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your prayers and just being, you know, a friend too in Christ and a sister in Christ that like, Hey, you know, we can talk about things like, Hey, the Lord's sharing this with me, you know, just get excited for each other too. So I'm excited. So yeah, do you want to start out by introducing yourself a little bit about what you do with the with the podcast, with your ministry, and we'll start out with that. Yeah, I would love that. So I'm a mom, I'm a wife, um, I'm actually a grandma. <laughs> I have three stepsons who are older, uh, who I love, and then a 10-year-old and son, and my husband's amazing. He's a physician 
and he actually that's his ministry he prays over his patients and so our family just feels really blessed to be able to um use the tools that god has given us uh, for healing um through the medical community as well as prayer and um that's what we focus on but then we also are honored to be a part of um some church planning and our church is called branch church and we have it's one church with two locations right now we've only been going for um about two years and it's just been an amazing profound time to watch the lord open doors to new things in the spirit that he's teaching us and bringing people um, that are really you know everyone going to church is broken right but um people that uh just really want to live in spirit and in truth and just read the bible you know and um get closer to the lord so it's been a privilege we're doing that and then about two years ago i think about the same time you started your podcast the lord (laughs) told both of us uh get on and, and to start talking and so my podcast is called revelations podcast and i used to do a little radio with my friend shogbury who um was a radio host for a show for prison ministry that turned into a big women's radio show and so i got some experience and one day the lord said i want you to i want you to have more time to really dig into people's stories so revelations podcast is um, based off of ephesians 1 17 and that is that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and so my hope and prayer uh through the redemptive stories of our guests through uh the teachings of the bible um testimonies we've had people on that literally have never given their story before and it's crazy so it's just like profound what god has done in their life um, but my prayer is that people would understand Jesus more, get closer to him, know his love and have breakthrough. My passion is that people would be free. And it, we're going to talk about li- that a little bit today because it's a little bit um, what God has taught me is that we can be saved, but we can still not be totally free. And so that's my passion. So good. Like that little phrase right there. So, so good. And it's so true. Like we can be saved, but we can't, like, we're not necessarily free. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. So good. So yeah, I guess that leads into kind of what we wanted to talk about today. You know, you messaged me, um, saying, Hey, you know, the Lord's been showing me this, he's been (laughs) teaching me this. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, we need to talk about this. So let's dive in and talk about like this, this, the spiritual world. Right. And what, let's start out talking about like, what are we facing today? You know, we know this world is in chaos. We know this world is broken, but what's really going on behind the scenes that's holding people captive and the strongholds that are happening. Um, So has the Lord been showing you anything like, I guess, in the spirit of what's going on? That's a great question. Um, The end of that verse from Ephesians uh, 117 that just comes to mind as you ask that question because it talks about the exceeding greatness of Jesus's power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Um, I don't think we understand as Christians how much power we have in the Holy Spirit, not in a prideful way, but in what the Lord has given us to um, walk this earth, right? And have dominion over this earth. And uh, about a year ago, I'm going to talk about my experiences in a little bit, but, you know, Dr. Laura Singer, I've been digging into her research. Um, 
we've talked about Dr. Michael Heiser. I've seen the spiritual realm in my own life, even starting as a child, but now I'm kind of catching up with what, you know, some theologians and doctors and people that have been writing that I've never heard before um, because I, the church didn't teach me that. Um, and, And that's okay. But what God is doing now is I think he's really trying to expose what he really wants us to know in the spirit realm, that it's real. It's in the Bible. This is nothing new. I mean, how many times did Jesus cast out demons in the Bible? I mean, you know, and and he wants us to be his representatives, right? And so I'm seeing the Lord teach pastors, uh, teach the church, teach lay people, like this is real. And Jenny, the more I start just talking to people in my church, people on the street, like I just was walking my dog before this and I keep seeing this guy, like, I'm not kidding you, twice a day, three times a day, walking his dog. And I'm like, Lord, okay, you want me to go talk? This happens to me all the time. You know how, you know, and it's like, oh man, I'm in a hurry, whatever. Today was the day we're in the same park with our dogs and he looks a little rough and I'm a little like, because I'm very sensitive to the spiritual realm. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Okay, I asked for protection. And I went over to him and I'm like, how are you doing? And he was really sweet and really kind. And he ends up telling me that his wife is in the hospital currently um, for bipolar disease. For, he, she's bipolar. He's really struggling. It's been 27 years, you know? And so I'm like, can I like to pray? Can I pray over you? And so it's listening to the spirit, praying for him. It's no accident. The Lord is teaching me about spiritual roots of disease that, you know, possibly could it be, he said it's in their family line, you know, that this has been going on a long time. And I was able to renounce that in their life by the power of of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And sometimes it's just listening to the Spirit, having the courage to walk out in obedience and talk to people you don't know because everyone has a story and so many people are struggling and need freedom. And he said he was a believer. He's like, I believe in God. Like I go to church and he was just brokenhearted. Wow. That's cool. And, and what a testimony too, that you did listen, because I know how hard it is to listen when you feel that prompting, like, Oh, I need to do this, but I don't want to, you know, like it's that awkwardness. So, wow. I mean, that prayer and, and if he's in, in agreement with that too, right. could have absolutely changed his life and her life. God is good. And I just want to say, you know, as we go into maybe talking about some of this healing deliverance, like I'm not an expert, <laughs> but these are just the stories that God has brought me through um, in my life and what I've physically seen. And then being able to, um, you know, be sanctified, because I think this is part of our sanctification as believers to understand this and walk in it. Um, He's just like bringing everything full circle. He's like, remember when you saw this, I was right there with you. You were scared, but I was right there with you. And now you can understand what's happening in the spiritual realm so you can help free people. And it is honestly like the most exciting time in my entire life. Wow. Wow. God is so cool. He really is. Like when you, when you say yes, when you say yes to God, when you say yes to the Holy spirit and use me like, Lord, I want, I want you to use me. I want to be a part of this. Like, it's so cool. And it is exciting, right? Like what's God going to do today. And, oh, so cool. So I know that we were talking a little bit about that movie nefarious, um, yeah. <laughs> cause I shared a little bit about it. Um, on my Instagram stories last weekend. And so I, I finally watched that movie 
I, I don't, you haven't seen it, correct? Oh, I just watched the trailer. I was like, okay, I get the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this, this guy is demon possessed and, and the demon is the one talking to this psychiatrist that has the power to either put him to death, um, per, you know, the, the death penalty or say he is insane and incapable of being, um, put to death. And, and it's just this conversation back and forth. And what I liked about it is it is bringing to light the spiritual world. It is bringing to light that, Hey, these demons are real. These demons yeah. mess up people's lives. Um, and that's what I liked about it. What I didn't like about it is the answer, the antidote to that. Um, and, you know, you, you see this demons referring to Jesus as the ca carpenter, you know, the carpenter That's came, Isn't that yes, interesting? it yeah. is so interesting. And so, you know, what is the answer we know is Jesus, right. Mm -hmm. And right. In, in, in his name, by the shedding of his blood, what he did for us. And so what does that mean for us as believers and that authority? Would do you have any insight into like, okay, so as a believer, because of what Jesus did, what authority do we have? Well, the Bible says we can trample on the lion and the serpent and nothing can harm us. And so um, Jesus said that and to his disciples. And so if he said that to his people, then we have to believe. I mean, if we believe who he says he is, we have to believe who he says we are. And if we have that authority in the name of Jesus only, right? I mean, we, we cannot do any of this in our own strength. It is impossible. We need the Holy Spirit in us, if we are believers, um, to have the Holy Spirit and have the power and the discernment and the wisdom um, to be able to understand that and to cut off strongholds uh, for freedom. Like it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, right? And so, you know, and we can get to this a little bit later because I have a story that really um, kind of seals the deal with with what I'm learning about this um, with a pastor that I just had a podcast with. Um, but I just want to say, like, this is not scary, right? I mean, this isn't not everyone is called to go cast out demons. Not everyone is called to healing and deliverance, but we're all called to pray. We're all called to love the lost and we're all called to share the gospel. And when we start to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and when we start to share the truth about who he is and what he's done for us, that is when the healing comes. And that is when people start to share, like, you know what, I'm addicted to porn, right? You know what? Um, you know, I have a pride issue. I'm I have unforgiveness towards my parents, you know, whatever it is, I'm having an affair on my spouse. I yell at my kids. I mean, I've heard all of this in the last two weeks. You know, it's just like once you start to share who he is and, and also us being just very um, I had a woman last night come up to me and say, you know, I just wanted to meet you. And I, I've only listened to one of your podcasts, but you said that you struggled with anxiety. And I was so thankful that you were honest about yourself wow. and that and that really spoke to me that God can help me. And so I think when we start to get really real and humble about who we are, um, you know, we can't do it without him, then that authority like really comes out because then he, he does it. We don't. Yeah. And I've made lots of mistakes where I went and tried to do something by myself. And let me tell you, it was a complete f fail. 
like epic fail, as my son would say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it is absolutely all in the power of Jesus. And I think that's what we have to remember is it's not by our authority. It's by his authority. But I think that the enemy, you know, we just wrapped up the kingdom authority study that we were doing, um, and the rooted truth, but we looked at that, like, why is it in his authority? Because he's the one who paid the price. When we start like taking ownership, that's the pride, right? The enemy, the enemy comes in and like whispers, like, look what you did, right? Look what you're great, whatever, but it's all in his name. But I also think the tactic of the enemy is to say, Hey, this was for, um, the apostles. This wasn't for you. This Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, this is, this is long past. And there's a whole section of the Christian church that believes that. Right. And that's the argument. And I've had a lot of conversations with pastors about this and, you know, Sammy Wynoni, who I just interviewed a couple of weeks ago, and he's a huge evangelist around the world. He happens to be based in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's from Africa. He had an encounter with the Lord when he was eight years old. The Lord, he immediately started speaking English wow. immediately, like wow. never spoke English at eight years old because the Lord cool. was showing him he's going to be coming to the United States. He's going to be preaching the gospel. Now he's back over around the world, Middle East, Asia, Africa. And last summer, Sammy um, and a team from Minnesota, (laughs) you know, Minnesota people are very, um, I mean, we don't share our emotions too much. I'm weird here because I'm just like an open book. But so these pastors go with him and he's got a big team. They're preaching the gospel to about 50,000 people. Okay. And he starts to share the gospel at the end of the night. People are coming just because they want something more, right? He starts to share the gospel and Jenny, you know, he's like, usually there's like a handful of people that manifest, right? A handful of people where we see demonic activity. We have a team to go pray with them, right? That is trained. He said, there were hundreds of people when I shared the gospel manifesting demonic spirits in right there. It looked like a war zone, his wife said. And they had this team come out and just in the name of Jesus, you know, casting out, renouncing any demonic spirits that were over them. They didn't know because I asked him, I'm like, would you call that revival? And he said, yeah. And And he said, because the demons knew their time was short because these people had, their desire was to receive Christ. And so he has seen it so many times in his own life. He's a pastor. He's a hundred, he a hundred percent gets it. Right. Then I talked to my other pastor, um, my pastor of my church. And I'm like, did you learn any of this in seminary? And he's like, very little. And I said, so and he's just getting his eyes open to this and he's excited because he's we can't get away from it i mean people are calling us and asking us do we know about deliverance like they know that this person needs prayer you know and we're the head of my husband and I are prayer, head of the prayer team at our church but we've never done anything like this and the lord is just opening the doors now i would say um since i was a little girl i didn't know that I had a a gift of being able to see certain things in the spirit. I didn't want the gift. I didn't ask for the gift. I didn't, I grew up in a non-Christian home. Um, And one night, and this is, you know, this is just a great example of how we can let the demonic into our lives without even knowing it. 
And um, I don't know, I think it was like five or six and I'm sleeping in our living room on a pull-out bed for whatever reason. I don't know if we had company or something. And my parents are walking, watching a movie in the next room, you know, down the hall. They're watching a horror film, okay? This is like late 70s, right? I mean, this is pretty normal for them. They're watching a horror film and I'm trying to go to sleep and I can't sleep. And there's a big picture window um, in our front and I'm like laying in the room. I'm looking through the picture window. As they're watching the movie, I can't sleep. I see, I see demonic activity, not just one, many in the window trying to get in. Okay, I'm a little girl. I am scared out of my mind. I jump up, I run to the room. My parents are watching the movie. Didn't know what they were watching. I mean, I don't know if I could hear it, but it is, <laughs> if you go back and look in the 70s and see what movies came out, it was one of the worst ones, which was very interesting. And, uh, and they just said, you know, you're fine. Go back to bed. And that was the first time the Lord showed me like, okay, they're like, my parents are watching this. And so they are letting in the demonic. And I think the Lord was showing me visually, physically in the spiritual realm that this was real. Okay. And then he protected me from that for many years. I never thought about it again for a very, very long time. Um, and then, you know, as I grew up, my brother became, you know, went down the wrong road, kind of became an alcoholic and uh, was just crazy. And one night we were having a bonfire and I was, I think I was like a senior, he was like a sophomore and it was illegal to have a bonfire in our yard. And he had tons of kids out there. They're all drinking beer. The cops show up, all the kids scatter and run away. And my brother kept leaving the house and the police kept bringing him back. And I'm going, okay, I'm like trying to keep him there. And I'm like holding him against the door at one point. Like, if you leave, you're gonna be taken to the police station, do not leave. And he's, you know, really out of his mind because he had been drinking and he was upset that the police were there. He grabs me and he was younger than me and he was really a thin kid. He grabs me and I looked in his eyes and I'm like, that is not my brother. He threw me eight to 10 feet across the room. It, it was impossible for him to do that in the flesh. And so that was another time where I was like, that's not my brother. What is happening? Well, he had, you know, through alcohol and through addiction had let the enemy, you know, rule his life. And thankfully he had a huge encounter with the Lord supernatural um, when he was like 19 and the Lord showed him a pit and a black pit. And he was, he wasn't doing anything. He was just like on the road talking to his friend. And all of a sudden this, there's this pit and the Lord's like, if you don't quit what you're doing, you're going in the pit. You have to follow me or, you know, you're going the other way. And so he did, he said yes to Jesus. And then he kept calling me uh, in college and saying, you know, you're going to hell, you're a sinner, you don't believe in Jesus. And I was super offended and super mad. And I'm like, I'm a good person. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm going to heaven. And it took me a while, but through his like ministering and love, even though it was a little zealous at the time, um, he, sh you know, I had the fear of God in me. He told me to read the book of revelation. That's part of the reason. Oh, my geez. <laughs> Seriously, the first book in the Bible, the oh. book of revelation. I was so scared. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I was like the mark of the beast. It, but it gave me the fear of the Lord and that I needed. And I was so prideful in my life and did whatever I want and thought I could do everything in my own strength that that is what I needed. So praise God, I was saved from that. But as I continued to live my life and my husband and I did mission work and all these things, I would go to these other countries like Belize and Haiti 
And, and I know Amy from Eyes on the Right, we've talked about Haiti, like we've seen so many things down there and that we, you know, if you've never seen those things in this country, they're starting to come out now and get a little more prevalent for sure. But 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we didn't really see it, you know? And I mean, I've seen manifestations, you know, in churches in Haiti, I've seen um, my pastor in Belize, who's from an Africa, he's from Africa, but they're in Belize and he's like, you know, we're having problems with people in our church trying to um, channel their ancestors. And so then they're starting to talk in different voices and it's like, everything's just right in front of you. And the enemy is manifesting all the time. And then I'd come home and I'd say to my husband, you know, the devil doesn't have to do anything here because we're just sitting around watching Netflix. Exactly. You know, and then 2020 came. (laughs) And like you've said many times, but the Lord just opened our eyes and he had already opened my eyes, but I think I had just started to, sort of succumb to the culture. And I always felt like even in the church, odd man out, like I'd always be like, come on, you guys, what about this? What about this Bible study? What about this? And, you know, a lot of times it was just crickets. And I think because people and pastors and from your original question, they've never learned it. They, they don't understand it because they've never learned it. They've never had it in seminary. And unless you have a personal experience, it's really hard to want to preach that and there's fear around it. Yeah, totally. And while you were talking, I looked up this verse really quick, um, because to, to really just combat the thought of like, this isn't for today because yes, the enemy wants us to think that he wants us to think this isn't for today because look what he's doing and we are blinded to it. And like you said, America, absolutely. Like, let's just sit back and watch TV, which I, I, I really want to dig more into that because I really feel like it is a portal. Into- I feel like we could do a whole podcast on that. Yes. I think we need to, because <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, but Mark 16, 15 through 18, it says, and he said to them, speaking of Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. All these signs will follow those who believe those who believe right? All these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will be by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover all those who believe that spans this entire age until he comes back. All who believe will be doing those things, but then people combat it and say like, well, it says if they drink anything deadly, they will not be hurt. That's talking in the spiritual realm. Yeah. (laughs) That's not talking about like physically. I mean, yeah, you go drink poison. You're going to be sick. Yes. So I mean, yeah, God was using you. I mean, that your story gives me chills of like being a young kid. Well, and then, you know, I went into college and I, um, went backpacking with some girls and this is when this was the, the time there was two years where I was like, you know, flip flop. Like I wanted to follow the Lord. I, I'm, tr- you know, I'm trying to like not party anymore and all the things I used to do. And, you know, and then it, like the enemy would creep back in and be like, you're not really saved, right? You're not really good enough. He doesn't really love you. And I just kind of go back to my old ways. I mean, it's a roller coaster for some people, you know, yeah. and I was backpacking in Europe and we ran into this guy and he was like, oh, I want to meet you girls later for a drink. And we're like, okay. He's like, I'm buying. We're like, 
okay. I mean, there was five of us, so we weren't worried. Yeah. So we meet him at this address and we're like, I don't know, 24 maybe. And um, he is buying us drinks. We're just sitting there talking. And I said to him, you know, tell me about your family. And again, there's something in my spirit where the Lord pulls things out. And it's funny, my mom said recently when I was little, I used to say, I want to be like Barbara Walters. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so I did. I just found that out. I'm like, oh, well, that totally makes sense. But yeah. I'm trying to like pull all this stuff out of him. And he was getting really agitated. And he's like, well, my dad just died. I don't want to talk about it. And I'm having dreams about my dad. And when I see my dad in this like arcade situation, he doesn't have a face. And I'm like, okay, that's a little creepy. And I'm like, man, and I was trying to talk about God and, you know, and all of a sudden he looks up because I kept pressing him and he, he looks up, his eyes turn bright green. And with a different voice, he's like, I'm not talking about that anymore. My friend sitting right next to me, Sarah, we grab hands, we're both shaking because we both witnessed this. This wasn't just me thinking something, you know, and I wasn't like, I've had like a half a drink, right? And I'm like, and I grab her hand, we run to the bathroom and I'm like, did you see what I saw? And she said, yeah. And we just prayed. I mean, (laughs) for people not totally following the Lord, man, can you pray, you know, when you're skip when you see something like that? And that was another instance where he's like, Reagan, this is real. I'm going to use you for this. Right. And, and so you understand like, like people can, there's so many people I think walking around. Um, and now that I'm more in tune and aware with it, I can, it's almost every day. I'm like, Whoa, that, that was crazy. You know, and I can't like give a lot of specific things right now because you know, there are people, um, anyway, out there, but it's, it is, it is absolutely um, something that I think the Lord in his kindness and in his mercy mm-hmm. wants us to understand and go back to what the, the scripture that you just read, you know, in the book of Acts and, and, and we are still going, we are, we are, um, he is showing up in signs, wonders, and miracles. We're hearing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, people are coming to Christ and the enemy knows his time is short. And so we're seeing um, what's happening even more. And one more story about um, a pastor, you know, John Mark Comer, have you read any of his books? I haven't. So Live No Lies, he just uh, was at a pastor's conference down in Florida and he's a he's a big deal. He's a big pastor um, out on the West Coast and he's written some books and he's got a podcast, but he talked about, he has no experience in any of this. And his wife had been um, ill with chronic disease for like 17 years. Mm-hmm. And my pastor was down there. And this is the second time I've heard this story. And John Mark got up on stage for this pastor's con- conference. There's thousands of pastors there. And he told the story of, he's like, I didn't know anything about this and found out. He, he's like, I was ready to quit being a pastor because my my wife was so sick. Right. I mean, he was waiting for her to kind of die. I mean, this wasn't just little sick. She was very sick. And they had friends, mentors that came from Africa and asked them, is there any generational curses? And he's like, generational curses? What are generational curses? So he called, you know, his seminary um, prof who actually said, yeah, it's a thing, you know, and he's like, do you know anyone that could help her? This was a couple of years later and she's like getting more sick. And he's like, yeah. So they came and just ministered to her 
prayed for her. They did research before that and they found out that her great grandmother, um, she was Mexican American, his wife, um, had been involved in the occult for years. And so there was a curse over this family and they found out and they, you know, praise God. And they were able to come in and pray for her. And from the moment that she was delivered from this generational curse, and they also found out this is important because people don't believe this when I tell them that this had been, they had done research of, you know, her entire, you know, from her great grandmother down in every one of the firstborn uh, daughters was sick or had died. So this is, it was a curse on the firstborn and her wife was a firstborn. Wow. And so she has been healed a hundred percent since that day. And it's been a couple years. And so he's a pastor, right? That knows nothing about this. And the Lord is like, I'm going to heal your wife because I'm going to show you that this is how people can be free. It's not always, it's not always genetic. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. Like, is it genetic or is it a generational curse? Right? I mean, why do doctors ask us, What's your family history? Yeah. Yep. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you think when you're, when you're answering that, you're thinking like, yeah, is it genetic? But it goes along the lines of, is it spiritual? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So why do you think the enemy wants us to like, not know that? Like, why do you think deliverance and healing today is such a like taboo topic in the church? Because I mean, I, I grew up in some churches that yes, they did it like when I was younger, but then as, um, you know, a teenager throughout my twenties, it was just never was talked about. Like, why do you think that is? I think because the enemy has really put the blinders on over us and people in the church don't want to believe that Christians can be demonized. So whatever word you want to use, you know, you can say oppressed, you can say bothered. We can't be possessed. I mean, we're sealed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. We're sealed for the day of redemption. Okay. We are saved, redeemed, and free. We're going to heaven. But in on this earth, um, you know, I go to the story of um, in the Bible where Jesus went to the synagogue, right? And he went in Luke 13, and he went to heal a woman who had been like bent over, you know, for many years, disabled, it says for 18 years. And when she saw Jesus or Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, woman, you are free from your disability. He laid hands on her and immediately she straightened up. And one of the leaders of the church was mad because it was the Sabbath and was like, you know, why are you healing on the Sabbath? And and Jesus said, and not ought this woman, a daughter of Abraham. So a daughter of Abraham, it means she was part of the church. Right. She was under the covenant of God. And at that time, and, and she was worshiping in synagogue. Right. I mean, she wasn't just someone off the street, a Gentile, you know, and so she was demonized because he says, um, he said to the leader of the church and uh, not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. So right there, Jesus is saying, like, one of my daughters has been bound by Satan and that this is enough. And like freeing her and teaching us how to do that in his name by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus wants us free. And I think I'm not sure, Jenny, but it's like, why are we so afraid to think, you know what? I'm a believer, but I could have stuff from my past 
that I am allowing the enemy or a demon to work in my life. Um, so I am not completely free in Jesus Christ and living in the fullness of Christ, right? He says in Ephesians, I want you to live in the fullness of Christ. And what is the fullness of Christ? Well, it's not partnering with the enemy. It's not. It is being free and and live in understanding like he's died for all this by his stripes. We are healed. We're healed. We don't we don't have to live that way, but we let it in. And I so I think it's part of the lie of the enemy that he has made us believe as a church that once we are saved, it's a done deal. It's one and done. That's true. We're going to heaven, but there's nothing else we have to do. Right. It's and I, I actually am starting to believe and some people might think we're crazy, but that healing and deliverance is part of our sanctification. I, I would agree with that. I absolutely would agree with that because we do like once you're saved, it's not just like, boom, you're good to go. It's a process and a it's process. a daily process. You know, we're, we're told to pick up our cross daily and walk after Jesus. And so if we're opening doors you know, the alcohol, mm-hmm. horror movies, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, the enemy can come in. So how would you like that? Cause this is a topic that people get confused about with Christians. Like, okay. So if a Christian cannot be possessed because we have the Holy spirit living in us, our house is full per se, right? Yeah. Our yes. house is full of the Holy yeah. spirit, yeah. but what is, you know, what's, what can happen to Christians? Yes, that oppression, and you use the term demonized. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> I mean, it means kind of what I said. Like in my experience, it's being um, oppressed, right? It's not living fully in the spirit. It is, you know, I've seen some people that I think like have, you know, some mental illness, you know, that are, I know because I know of their family history, that there could be a demonic situation there, right? That is inhibiting them from being free. Um, There could be unforgiveness, right? I mean, the enemy will do anything to keep us bound up in our own sin and our own anger. And so we don't fully live in the will of God, right? And um, so being demonized, I think, is just like actually in the verse in Luke 13. I mean, this poor woman was bent over for 17 years sick not feeling well um not living in the fullness of christ and i can tell you an example of like an extreme case and then like an everyday case that we would see here in the united states but the first one was i was in haiti and um and we had we were we were ministering in a special needs home. And so we were laying hands on all of the kids. There was like 25. It was a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. It was just such a praise to God um, that we could pray over who, you know, whatever the Lord brought over each child and bless them. And we got done with that. And my pastor from America said that there's one more girl over there that I want you and your and my friend that was with me to pray for. And I'm like, no problem. And we walk over there. She's probably 17 years old. And he they don't say anything about who she is, why she needs prayer. She was, I saw her periodically in the home, like helping out and sweeping and things like that. And she um sat there, she looked very glum, she looked very sad, uh, very when I closed my eyes and started praying for her. Um, I just felt a real big heaviness and I could just see chains. Like I'm not talking little chains. I'm talking like humongous chains that were shackling her. 
And I'm like, wow, Lord, what is this? And my friend next to me is praying and she starts praying in tongues, like just naturally praying in tongues over this woman. And it's, she doesn't do that all the time. But I was like, all right, if this is happening in the spirit, like something's going on. She's praying. All of a sudden, my friend gets tongue-tied. She can't talk. She can't say anything. She can't speak in tongues. She can't speak in English. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm just like praying in my spirit so hard. And I'm, I have my hand on this woman. And I'm asking the Lord to free her from these chains in Jesus' name. And I don't know what they're from. And we go on and on. And then my friend start, starts praying again. And it was beautiful. And I mean, like we hug her and that was it. It's like, okay. So the next day we're getting on the plane and the Haitian pastor takes us to lunch and he's like, do you know who you prayed for? And I said, no. And I said, but something, she had some heavy stuff. He said, yeah, she was dedicated to Satan as a baby. And so before she came, you know, even in the womb, her dad was the biggest, you know, major witch doctor. She was dedicated to Satan and she has received Christ, but she has such a stronghold on her because of the dedication that the enemy does not want to let go of her. The enemy thinks that she is his. And I'm going, okay, thank you for not telling me that because I don't, I would have been so scared to pray. But that's why I'm saying we don't need to be afraid. Like our authority in Christ because of his name and his death and the blood um, shed for us is, that's why we can do that. And not everyone's called to do that. But I didn't see her free. But a month later, I got a picture of her from my pastor. And I'm not, she looked like a different person. Her, she was smiling. She had life in her eyes. And she was free. And I think it was from all the prayers of the saints that had been praying for her and had been loving on her and showing her the love of Christ. And so nothing is impossible for him. He's shown me that, but sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes energy. You know, sometimes I go into situations, I feel like I'm going to throw up, but I know that he wants me to step out in faith and that he's going to take over because I can't do anything in my own strength. Um, So, I mean, that's one example that I think you know, if we didn't believe that she um, could be demonized, we'd be like, great. She's, she's, she's saved. Yeah. She's yeah. safe. She's going to heaven. Let her be, do her thing. She was miserable. Wow. She was miserable. And so that's just an, one example. And then the one here, uh, my friend gave me permission to talk about, you know, <laughs> it's another time where you're just living your life. We were doing a Bible study at someone's house a couple summers ago. And, um, Again, once we're vulnerable, it was a time in my life I was really struggling and I was in tears. I was dealing with anxiety. I was dealing with, I think, demonic oppression. I think the Lord was trying to tell me, like, you've been living in fear for so long. I want to get rid of it. You you know, it's causing anxiety. Then 2020 came. How many of us, I've heard you talk, like, you were really stressed for a while, living in fear. Um, All of us have struggled with that. And it doesn't mean that that's not going to happen in our life, but it means that, um, we can have power over it. And God may be trying to teach us something through that because he never wastes suffering. And then he will help us free other people and help them be healed through his name. So I'm doing this Bible study and my friend, I, I'm being transparent. My friend's like, well, did I ever tell you like about all those weird dreams that I've been having? And, and, you know, I've had my whole life and I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm like, what dreams? And she's like, well, you know, we, they moved up to a couple houses when she was a kid and there was one house and it had like little doors in these rooms. And, you know, she would see like, she's very discerning in the spirit, you know, and she would see like demonic things in a room. And then sometimes she would see 
um, you know, people like spiritual things at night, you know, around her bed and her, she'd go tell her mom and her mom would say, say the Lord's prayer. And so she'd say the Lord's prayer and they'd go. So, I mean, just as a little girl, like she had the power of Jesus um, to get rid of that, but they were bothering her. Okay. And then um, she goes on to say, well, but you know, my mom was kind of into the Ouija board, which is also a thing to talk about because how many Christians like think some of this stuff is, oh, it's like no big deal. I can go to a fortune teller and figure out what I want to figure out. Again, you're opening the door to the demonic. And so as we're, she's unraveling the story, I mean, she's telling me like these things that have really tormented her her whole life. And she just started to get used to them. Like, this is just part of my life. If I have this dream about the skeleton, you know, every twice a month, that's just, you know, it just kind of like was there. And it was just like, oh, I had that dream again. And I looked at her and I said, okay, do you want to be free from that? Like at that moment? And, and she goes, yeah, that'd be great. And we all just like hit our knees and just like laid hands on her and just prayed, you know, that any demonic activity in her life would be cut off in Jesus name, you know, renouncing it, asking for forgiveness, you know, and I, t I asked her to speak, you know, to the Lord and ask for freedom. And um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but she told uh, me a couple months ago, she goes, Reagan, I have not had that dream since the day you prayed. Wow. It's not me, it's the Lord and it's wanting to be free. And so if we have people in our life who you can, you know, just pray for them and dig and like get with people and get to know them and their story and things come out doing these retreats. We had a retreat a couple years ago and I'm on a walk with another girl. She had a, um, an experience and a sleepover that was haunting her. We prayed that off and she's been free. And so this is just like, this is just what we do. This is just part of life. And this is what Jesus has called us to. Wow. That's a great example of just like every day, you know, she is a believer, but it's every day life. Like, oh yeah, have to deal with that again, you know, and you just like kind of push it to the side. That is a great, great example. And you know, I know what it, what it's like to have bad dreams. Like we all do. And you know, like how it just haunts you. It is like, Oh, and so yeah. having to deal with that, but not really understanding that it is tied to the spiritual world. And if it's recurring and recurring yes. and recurring, yes. it's like, okay, what's going on there. And the interesting part, Jenny, is she just told me a couple of days ago. Cause I'm like, can I tell your story? And she said, yeah, she goes, my brother called me and said, he has the same exact dream. Like you wow. can't, you can't make the stuff up, right? Wow. But we just need to start because once you bring the light into the darkness too, the enemy doesn't have as much power. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I love how you said to ask for forgiveness because repentance is huge in it. Yeah. Like go through your life. Like, Hey, am I, am I allowing the enemy a, a open door here? Like, what am I doing? And I do repent of that, you know, and, and going through your life. So what else has the Lord been showing you with like this healing and deliverance um, and, and what really our nation needs, but the world needs? Yeah. Well, we all need Jesus, right? I mean, we all need to humble ourselves and just come to him as, um, a, you know, a family individually, as a community, as a church, um, as a nation and just lay our lives before him because the moment we surrender 
all. And he's brought me into a place where I've had to surrender all. You know, there's always those little things you want to hang on to. There's always, um, I mean, I shouldn't say that because tomorrow he'll be like, let go of that too. (laughs) But I mean, where I'm at now, I'm just feeling, um, it's the most exciting time of my life, but it's also, it, it's a, it's a it's a stretch, right? I mean, it's a stretch to walk out in obedience every day and to be able to stop and talk to the man that like looks pretty rough, right? And and get out of myself. And so I think um, you know, we had a worship night, our first one last night at church, and there was a cross out, and you know, it's like you can go up to the cross and you can repent. And I'm like, Lord. I think I'm good. Like, I know I sinned, but like, there wasn't anything big. And immediately he brought to mind some unforgiveness that I had and I wasn't trusting him. And I just like went to the cross and bowed my head off, you know? And, and so he washed me clean again. And, and when you talk about repentance and um, confession, you know, he's faithful to it. And, and so if we as human beings that have the Holy spirit in us, that continue to trust him and, um, repent and confess from our sins. And when he brings something to mind um, in our lives, you know, like when he brought, when I, you asked me to do this and we're, he started bringing stories to me and I was like, Lord, thank you. Because I can confess that I let this be in part of my life for so long and I renounce it now and I repent of it and forgive me. And will you help me um, walk in freedom and not have that be a stronghold anymore? If we can do that every day, Right. I mean, just think how free we would be. Just think we wouldn't care what people think about us. We would just show them the love of Jesus. We wouldn't, you know, be afraid to talk about this on our podcast, which thank God we're not. You know, we wouldn't be afraid of the Instagram messages we get that say, you know, you guys are kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's fine. This is what Jesus told me to do. Right. Um, And we wouldn't be offended by people out there not believing what we're believing. We would just love them, you know. And so I think that would change the culture. And I think if we, if that God is taking the scales off our eyes right now as a church, I think in the world, in the world, and there is revival, we see it, but the more um, we can be free and we, there's like right now, like Sammy said the other day is like, there's light and there's darkness. Like there's no in between anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. The people in the darkness, like they're going to be drawn towards the light yeah. in culture, right? They're going to be, they're going to see you know, and through prayer and through the miracles that God does, but he doesn't just do it. He wants us to be part of it. He calls us to step into that. And so I think um, to answer your question, it's just, I see him moving. I see him asking us to do scary things that we think are scary, but actually not. It's not like when you're delivering someone, you're not like in the name of Jesus, get out. I mean, there might be a time or two when that happens where you have to be really firm, but like, these are like really beautiful prayer appointments and like gently yeah. talking to someone and asking them questions. And, and then you start to see where they, the brokenness and, you know, and the tears and like, okay, well, you know, is there anything that happened that we can, Jesus can show us, you know, what needs to be healed. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing and it's simple and it's easy. And it's, it's, you're following the spirit. It's not the same all the time. But I think just being obedient and um, asking the Lord, like, Lord, maybe I'm not someone to do 
healing and deliverance, or I'm not a huge prayer warrior. I like to pray at home. But what is he asking us to do? Everyone has their gifts. We talked about spiritual gifts at your um, retreat. And what is it, Lord? What Send me. Send me. And he yep. will strengthen you. Yep. Yeah, I love the point where you say that it is like this intimate, like beautiful prayer, because I think that people get scared, like Christians get scared because of how deliverance has been portrayed of like, I'm going to smack you down on the forehead. You're going to fall down and shake, you know, like, I think it's been portrayed in such this like theatrical way. And, um, and yes, some people, pastors, whoever is doing that, sometimes they do think it's about them. And I don't know if you saw that, um, Jesus revolution movie, but yeah, I saw that and I was very guarded watching it because I'm like, I don't want to like, this has to line up with scripture. Right. But what I liked about it was that Lonnie Frisbee, right. The guy who's, who's, who's coming in and doing, you know, getting people excited and bringing people to Jesus. There's one point in the movie where he makes it about himself because he is like starting to like cast out, like be healed, you know, and, and they portrayed that I thought really well of like, no, this isn't about you. It doesn't have to happen every time. Like, and, and I think that's key in our, in our Christian walk to today of like allowing the Lord to heal, allowing the deliverance process to take place, but knowing that it's not this like big, like thing, the way that it's been shown on TV and these big pastors and, you know, celebrity churches, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's part of the reason why Christians have been scared about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I agree. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there will be moments where like, I've seen manifestations that were pretty gnarly, right? Because these demons did not want to leave. And God is so gentle with us, Jenny. I mean, you know, he knows us, he knows the people that need healing. I mean, I've had my own healing. I've had like, I had infertility and I searched my family tree. I have, my grandfather was a huge um, Mason. So Mm -hmm. I had to go through prayers and prayers and prayers and the enemies, the illegalist, you know? And so I had to pray, you know, with the help of people that have done this before, um, in a way to make sure that this was not going to happen to anyone else in my family. And, and that's another point um, that I agree with what you said, you know, like if someone, if we start to do it in our own strength, it's not going to work and it's going to fall to the ground as dust. Like what happened with him in the movie? Like then he kind of, that was a little bit of his demise, but but God is greater and he can overcome that. Um, But as we continue to walk in this, if we are able to, to actually free ourselves so our children can be free. So for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation can be free, what a miracle that would be. Yeah. So it's both. It's both. And so if you're praying for someone here and, you know, and you go in and, and you're just, you know, praying for them, God can move, right? God can move, but there's other, there's other situations where, um, you know, there's things that I won't walk into and I'll call my friends who I trust and who have done this for a very long time. And I'll be like, what do you think? What's the spirit telling us, you know, who should go pray for that person? Should you go pray for that person? And, or should we go together? And so it's, it's not always the same. And that's what I think, what I really just want to stress to people is 
if you feel called into being healed, ask the Lord from what and ask the Lord um, who can pray for you. But I really think, Jenny, he is trying to teach us how to even deliver ourselves. Yeah. Like literally, like, and I've heard many stories, another one yesterday of just they were got free and they just said the same prayers over themselves when other things came up and and they were delivered from their other stuff. Yeah. And so it's not like we're just picking, you know, who can do this and who can't. So it's absolutely, powerful. absolutely. I so agree with that. And I think that we need to be standing in our own authority through Jesus, right. And through Jesus's authority, not our own authority, but standing in authority yeah. through him in our own lives. Right. I right. absolutely believe that. And how diligent are you for praying and, and going through your life, you know, like, and looking at your history, looking at the, if there's generational curses going on, like, yeah, I think we're easy to like, yeah, I'll go pray for that person. But are you looking in your own right. four, four walls, right? It's not that fun. I'm going to yeah. tell you, it's not the best time, but I know that the Lord wanted me to do it. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not always easy, but he is with us and he is for us and he will help us, uh, you know, find out what, what's going on. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful. And, and I can also say too, like, if you're confused about this, go to the word of God, right? The word has so much truth about, I mean, it's all true. It's a Holy Bible, but like specific scenarios. And we talked about some of them tonight um, where there's healing and deliverance. And um, so go to the word, ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to teach you. And if there's something going on, I get so many texts about fear and anxiety now. It's just, it's so rampant and it can really paralyze people like on a daily basis to not live life to the full that God intended. And that's, you know, the beginning of that verse in John 10, 10 is the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And yeah. so my prayer is that um, the Holy Spirit would, Spirit would work in all the listeners' hearts to live that life to the full that he intended. Yep. Yep. Oh, I absolutely think that anxiety, depression, some of those things are spiritual. Yes. Um, and the fear yeah. that's going on. Um, that's, that's what the enemy wants right now with the state of the world. Um, so absolutely agree with that. Um, as far as like other physical say illnesses. Um, so before we wrap up, maybe for a couple minutes, do you want to just touch on that? Like, you know, what if someone does have like this physical illness and they don't know, like, Hey, is this spiritual? Is it not like any mm -hmm. thoughts or recommendations? Well, I did a podcast on the spiritual roots of disease, um, with pastor Donna Wright and she has had a ministry called Be In Health for many, many years that her husband Henry started, and then he passed away. But it, it's been super. I have one of his books. Do you? That's funny. Yeah, it's been one of our um, highest listening listenership podcasts because people are super interested in that. And I went down and did a training with them about a year ago, my husband and I. And this is the part of my journey was doing that because I. I was dealing with so much, right? And um, and a lot of it was fear and anxiety and I was feeling paralyzed and I didn't know why. And I went down there for a week and, and literally we're in the scriptures in the New King James or the King James every day, all day talking about this. And the word just came alive in a new way. And I'm like, I've never learned this stuff before. Like we don't talk about this in church. And 
Um, I'm praising God that he's bringing some of this forth. But that podcast, if you want to go to Revelations and listen to Spiritual Roots of Disease, that's super powerful. She says about 80, per, she th they think, I don't know if I 100% agree with this, but 80% of um, disease is spiritual. 20%, you know, genetic, environmental, whatever you want to say, but they think 80% in all their research. And I'm like, wow, that is really profound. And I, I can relate to that, you know, because I've in my 20s, when we were both doing our fitness stuff, I mean, I was working with um, people with chronic pain, and I'd say about half of them, they kept coming back because they, when I did my research, I'm like, why do these people come back and these people are healed? They had emotional trauma from their childhood that wasn't healed. And so I think it is a very, very real thing. And I think it's something the enemy wants us to stay bound in. And I think the church has just said, well, that that's your lot in life, right? Like that's your cross. Okay. Maybe it is sometimes, you know, I mean, definitely there's sin in the world. We, we are in a fallen world. Right. And, but, but, and when we read the scriptures and Jesus is healing and he's saying all the things that he's saying about our authority, how can we not want to dig in and just see right? Yeah. Just ask the questions to ourselves, like just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us and tell us the truth. I mean, I woke up this morning. I'm like, Lord, there's so much going on in my head right now. I'm learning so much. I'm like, tell just give me the truth. Yeah. Give me the truth. And I think there's just days. I know you do that. Like yeah. we need to just get with him and speak truth into me. Lord, show me, yeah. show me how my family can be free. Yeah. Right. So good. Yeah. I will link that podcast episode in the show notes. So if you're listening to this oh. and want to check that out, just go to the description of this podcast episode and it'll be in there. Um, so Reagan, thank you so much for all of your stories and sharing like what the Lord I has been like a hundred more. So <laughs> I know we might, we're going to have to do this again. It's, it's so cool to see how God is working. And I know I've said this so many times on Instagram, I'm sure I've said it on my podcast, but I mm. truly believe that God is showing his glory, manifesting his glory. People are getting saved. People are getting freed. And this is a huge, whether you want to call it a revolution a revival, but mm. people are coming to the body of Christ because they see what the other option is. And right. Right. despite how hard this world is, despite how evil this world is, the kingdom is making progress is pushing back. And again, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And that means that we are on the offense. And as we push forward, as we push forward, the enemy is going to be pushing back harder. So that's what we're seeing like in our faces. We're like, well, well, why is this happening? Right? Like, why is all this, this bad stuff happening when the church seems to be prevailing? It's because the enemy knows his time short and he's pulling out every single stop that he can right now. Yes. And we shouldn't be surprised. Yep. Yep. We shouldn't so. be surprised. And we just stand firm and, you know, go to Ephesians six. I mean, I talk about it almost every day. Like, you know, Paul said, our battle is not between flesh and blood. It's yep. against the powers and rulers and authorities of the air. And right now Satan is the prince of his world, but of this world, but not for long because Jesus has already defeated him. And so to be able to remember to stand firm in that and live in that knowledge and um, pray all the time with all 
kinds of prayers and re requests and for each other and for the lost, God will honor that. And, um, and then just really asking the Lord to show you what your spiritual gifts are. That's also going to further the kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you, um, whether on social media or online? Sure. Um, my Instagram account is at the revelations dot podcast. Um, and then I'm also at RAE Kramer, just my personal one. Um, you can follow me at, and, um, we do have a website now, so it's the revelations And so on there, you can find all of our podcasts and, um, we do actually, um, video them. So you can watch all the YouTubes. Jenny's got a, a great one on there where we chatted and had an, a really amazing conversation, a little bit about her life and all the things God is doing. So yeah, you can find me there. And, um, if you guys have any questions, just DM me and, or, you know, you can get hold of me on the website too. So I'd love to, to chat with you about it as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what God's doing in your life, in your ministry and across the nation, the world. So thanks, Jenny. It's been a privilege. It was so good to see you. Yeah, you too. Have a great day, everyone. And I will be back again. See ya. See ya.